greatest experience, but it was very expensive. Yep. Because I wanted to stay near the venue. So I didn't have to rent a car. Um, we flew and we got a nonstop flight from um, Philly into Madison, mm -hmm. which was only like a couple hour flight, which was great. But like, it was expensive. I'm not going to lie. So would I do it again? I'm, I'm not sure. Not that I didn't love it. I really did. But I don't know that I wouldn't want to do something, another trip with that money to something else new that I've never done before. I'll be honest. You know where you, Wadapalooza? Yes. That's, that, that, that's definitely a thought. Because it's like destination. You can go destination-wise, Miami, um, do other things. And Wadapalooza can be a part of it. I'm excited to see where the games is going to be hosted in the, the following year. I know um, they gave no hints whatsoever. Yeah, um, it, it'll be. He did say not international yet because he had kind of hinted that he wants to go international, but he said yeah. not yet. But Thank other God. than that, he would not give any hints at all. People were asking him, Dave. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see where it's going to be. My, my guess was Texas, um, just because of the rogue invitational. And I just thought Texas, it would be a central location. Um, weather wise, it's not too crazy, but you know, well, it would, well, I guess depending on in Texas, but I feel like summer in Texas is hot, right? Not any worse than it is in Madison. Really, you think? Yeah. Madison mm -hmm. is pretty freaking hot. Although it was this, hot. Year, this year, I think people were saying it was a little bit chilly. That some some people were saying there was like a little chill in the air. I'm like, shoot, guys, I got to be honest. I just got to tell you, Shakia knows my garage. In fact, Shakia feels like my garage makes her tougher. It's hot in my garage, and I invested in this little fan, and I want to get a second one. Oh my, let me tell you, running on my air runner today. But that thing blowing on me felt different. It was like a different world. I'm still sweating like crazy, but I'll be honest, it feels like I'm not going to die. Like I'm not running in a desert with somebody throwing hot water on me. It doesn't feel like that. So uh, not tonight's topic, but you know, so, but yeah, so Amy's back from the games. Um, tonight's topic, guys, I really wanted to break down nutrition mastery, not, not in the phases of like, okay, we're in a maintenance phase. We're in a fat loss phase. We're in a pre-phase, but more so like the components of nutrition that you guys all need to understand as a foundation. And that whether you're just starting or you're leaving, or you've been with me for a while, these are the things that matter most in order for you guys to really be understanding nutrition. And it's going to eliminate the needs to go down the rabbit holes of like, what about like, you know, fasting or what about like, should I do a low carb diet or do I need, should I avoid these foods or should I go gluten-free? You know, I'm going to go over the basics here because if you guys understand what matters most, it, it gets your, it, what most people lack. And I actually just record a podcast is they don't lack like discipline and commitment and willpower. They lack focus because they get distracted by so many other things. And the goal tonight is just to kind of really hammer things in on the basics of what matters most and allow you guys to really understand how you guys can utilize this stuff and, and be able to 
evaluate your own nutrition, evaluate where you need to make some adjustments, evaluate where you're doing really well and, and be able to make those changes. So before I go into tonight's topic, do you guys, anybody have anything in particular that they do want me to address tonight on your own uh, personal stuff or any, any questions you guys might have? Um, I've been getting a lot of questions about my midday pick-me-up, my little midday frappuccino. It's really easy. In fact, I just added an ingredient to it that makes it even better. I'm going to keep playing around with it, but does anybody have any, uh, any questions? So my question actually is I came home from the game sick. I still got up and did my walk on Tuesday and Wednesday and went to the gym today, but like, I don't feel like eating. Like how much do I need to eat? Like so I'm just I'm say is don't force feed, um, but get your protein in. Okay. That's what I would say. Don't force feed, get your protein in. And I would just try and say, if you're really having a hard time with appetite, think about like what you enjoy eating, right? Like, so whether I have an appetite or not, I can always have some ice cream. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm not telling you to eat like poor quality food. We talk about food quality night, but like, you know what? I could have a Halo Top bar or, you know what? I, I could maybe make a little smoothie and try and find things. I can have a bowl of whole grain cereal, things that actually you enjoy eating. And that usually makes your appetite come back a little bit. So don't force feed, try and find things that you actually enjoy eating, but really just focus on your protein. And uh, like, you know, trying to stay consistent, like first thing in the morning, protein shake, coffee, uh, after the gym, maybe have like some kind of yogurt, some kind of yogurt bowl, girdle bowl, goal, have a, a lunch with some protein, have dinner. And that should hopefully help you kind of get through. So, but feel better. Scott just told me he's got COVID. Scott was at the games. So. Okay. You know, yeah. I so. took a COVID test. It was negative, but Good. if I keep feeling bad, I'll take another one. But, um, it's just like a sore throat, head cold kind of thing, but just enough to make me feel miserable. At this point, I feel like COVID is just another cold anyways. So anybody yeah. else have anything particular on their mind about anything? Nada. Well, if things pop up, don't be afraid to uh, shoot them out there for me because I definitely want to answer things. But I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. And hopefully you guys can see this. You guys can't see my little Zoom window, right? I can never tell. You guys should just be able to see the actual four phases of nutrition mastery, hopefully. Okay. So what I want to start with here, guys, is just breaking down essentially the time commitment that it would require for people, whether you're a client of mine or not, to understand how to master their nutrition. Okay. So it would take less than 10 to 20 minutes a day, six to 12 months for you guys to really dial things in from start to finish. Now, a lot of people like myself have had an evolution where nutrition progressed over years and years and years. And so I'm well beyond a 12 months, but like the first six to 12 months was a lot of learning. And since that first six to 12 months, I've learned a lot more, but for the basics here, guys, six to 12 months of being consistent with these things. And you are on the path to nutrition mastery. And yes, I put 10 to 20 minutes a day because it should not take more than that to figure out how to build balanced meals and all that stuff. Okay. If you're focusing on the right things, the goal is truthfully, honestly, to solve all of your nutrition problems for good. If you're doing this stuff, 
you no longer have to worry about like what you should be choosing at a restaurant or how to deal with social eating or what to eat when you don't have time to cook. You don't have to worry about that stuff. It's, it's what about my hormones and my metabolism? All of this stuff, if you're doing this stuff, you don't have to worry about that stuff. It covers all the bases, right? If you master this stuff, I fullheartedly believe you will never have to diet again. In fact, I haven't talked about it in a while, but I yo-yoed my weight a ton, all right? If you know my story, when I was 19 years old, I developed anorexia. I was depressed. I was dealing with anxiety. I was in an abusive relationship. I lost my grandmother and I was coping with all of the things I was dealing with by starving myself and literally burning myself into the ground. And my family did not know what was going on because, eh, I mean, I guess eating disorders were known about back then, but they weren't as prevalent as they are now. And I knew something was wrong. In fact, I even remember having conversations with my dad. I'm like, hey, dad, I don't know why, but I'm like becoming afraid to eat. Like, I, I remember having these conversations with him and he would be like, what are you afraid of? Just eat. It's just food. Like, he didn't know what to tell me. So it went on for years and years and years until finally my mother realized what was going on with me. And from there started this spiraling of like going to therapy and going through binge sessions and gaining weight back and then going back into my eating disorder and gaining weight back. And it was just, and then I, I finally, you know, kind of came out of treatment after, you know, doing it the healthy way and entered CrossFit and developed this like whole love of eating paleo because paleo was a thing and, and it removed the need to like track my calories. And I was like, oh, food freedom. I can eat as much as food as I want. And I started gaining weight again. And I'm like, here we go again. I'm gaining weight back. And you know, it was just this constant yo-yoing. But since I have honestly taken everything that I knew from a non-emotional place of my eating disorder, from the logical place of what Cheryl knows and has learned through years of schooling and what I know now, like I've put it all together and I've got this thing that now since 2015, my weight's been in my control and I don't have to worry about it. I stay within about a 10 pound radius right now. I'm trying to gain a little bit goals to stay up there a little bit. So I want you guys to realize the same thing is for everybody. All right. So we're going to go into phase one and I'm keeping this super big. I, I could zoom out a little bit, but I feel like it's nice to have it big. So you guys can see it pretty well. Okay. So I'll zoom out a little bit just so I can kind of make sure I'm looking at everything at once. Um, the food basics. Okay. Phase one, the basics. All right. So also want to tell you this, just because these might say phase one, phase two, phase three, it doesn't mean you can't have different phases going on at the same time. Some people dial things in all at once, but if you want to underwhelm yourself, or if you know someone that's a beginner, this is a great way to kind of progress them through nutrition. All right. So first things first, we got to understand the basics. We got to understand food quality, what it looks like to be eating a mostly whole food based diet but not demonizing any foods, not feeling like we can't enjoy pizza here and there, some ice cream here and there, a couple of drinks here and there. I full heartedly believing, believe that living by the 80-20 principle allows for the best results for maintenance and also for sustainability. 70-30, we're probably going to live that way eh, maybe a few months out of the year around Christmas time and such. But really 80-20 is probably where the majority of us are going to feel 
and look our best for the majority of our life. And that means that, you know, you're not obsessing about having coffee creamer. If you want coffee creamer in your coffee, because, hey, you love your coffee with your creamer. Like, that's okay. It's, you know what? Like, I like going out with my husband on a Saturday night and sometimes having a couple of drinks. Or, you know what? I, I enjoy a pizza at an actual pizza restaurant, you know, maybe once or twice a month. Like, that's living the 80-20 life. It's not, oh, I had pizza, so I should probably have other food now. And then I'll just get back on track on Monday. You know, it's, it's not being a perfectionist. It's like knowing that, Hey, sometimes you're at a restaurant and you can't control the fact that they have like extra sauce in your food. And, and it's just part of it. Like that's the 20% of the time, if that's happening all the time, that's not obviously going to get you results, but 80%, it should be whole foods. It should be complex carbohydrates, high fiber carbohydrates, not just white flour products. I, I, I really do push guys good food quality and all of my clients, I, I look at your guys' stuff. Doesn't mean you can't have those other things, but lots of fruits and vegetables, lean proteins, yogurt, dairy, all that stuff is great, right? Next part is meal balance. If you guys struggle to hit your macros, this is part of the problem is that when people are building their meals, they're not building meals in balance. Like when you put your food on your plate, or when you're thinking about what you're having, it's like, okay, where am I getting my protein? I'm having chicken. I'm having fish. I'm having steak. I'm having yogurt. Where am I getting my carbs from? I'm having granola. I'm having a potato. I'm having some whole grain bread. Where am I getting my fats from? Oh, I'm going to add some avocado or the steak had fat in it, or maybe I'm going to have some butter, or maybe I'm going to have some nuts, like whatever it is. And then the micronutrients, where are my vegetables? Maybe I'll have a little few berries if it's a breakfast meal. So I'm getting in that meal balance. When you're doing that, when it comes to phase two, all you're doing is, oh, I can just add an extra ounce of protein there. I can just cut back on some fat. I can just add a little bit more yogurt. It makes the second part so much easier. So your meals should be balanced. You should have that balance in there. Sometimes you have food like pizza and you're like, well, there's protein, carbs, and fats in that, but there's not a whole bunch of protein today. So maybe, and there's not a whole bunch of micronutrients. So maybe I'm going to add a salad with some grilled chicken. And now you've got a perfectly balanced meal. That's why this is like the easy stuff. This is the, the not tracking macros, but learning macros way of kind of doing things. Okay. Second, the next piece is portion sizes. At this point, you should be getting a good understanding of what it looks like to have a portion of carbs, fats, proteins. People like to use the hand method, the plate method, whatever it works for you to kind of the eyeball method of like, I feel like I have an understanding of like, a serving of these things. Even if you don't know how much protein, carbs, and fats are in them, you know what it looks like to have a decent sized portion of protein on your plate. About the palm size, maybe two. Uh, you know about a carbs, about a fistful or whatever, about a cup, fills about a, a third of your plate. Those basic principles are what you guys should be using to build your meals no matter where you are. Now, sometimes the components are all kind of mixed together. I love making big bowls of food, like maybe you're having pasta with some sauce and some meat and some cheese. And maybe it's not like all separated, but like at one point it was like, I put a cup of pasta in here. I put about four ounces of protein in here. I put about this much sauce in here. So you have still building that balance into your meals. And then the last part of this phase is meal frequency. How many times a day do you like to eat? That means having meal frequency and also meal structure. So it's not just, I'm a grazer. I eat whatever I want, whenever I want it. Okay. 
So that's also why people tend to gain weight. It's no, I like to snack. So I make sure I plan in three meals and three snacks a day. I know I eat six times a day because I like that. Your meals are likely a little bit smaller, higher in protein because you want to have a few more snacks, but you should be sticking to some sort of meal structure. And then again, 80-20 principle, maybe a few days out of the week, that meal structure isn't quite the same because you're going out to eat and maybe you are, you know, you're going out to lunch and maybe you had a little bit larger of a lunch. So you skip two snacks and it gets put into that lunch, or you're going to go to a dinner and you're going to skip a snack so you can have a larger dinner. That's okay. But for the most part, we should have structure to our meals, the way we feel our best. There's no right or wrong to this. It could be three meals a day, five meals a day, six meals a day, whatever is most consistent for you. I think for most people, three meals and two snacks, uh, three meals and one snack, somewhere around there. Some people like an extra snack, just depending, you know? So that's my phase one. Okay. So before going on to phase two, you should be asking yourself, how is my food quality? Okay. Do I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of what it looks like to eat a balanced meal? Am I pretty in check with eyeballing portion sizes? Like if I didn't have my food scale tomorrow, could I still figure out about what needs to be on my plate? And that's with all foods, not just the foods that you're comfortable logging. Like if I have a restaurant and they, they give me a bun, do I, do I know about what a, a decent size roll is? Do I know what about a size of portion of protein or I'm sorry, uh, pasta is? Do I know what these things look like? So that's things that you guys should be thinking about when you go out to eat and, and do that. In fact, Judy, she's going away. This is great for her to hear. Okay. And then uh, meal frequency. Now we're talking about dialing it in. Okay. So oftentimes when people start with phase one, they start to get results. If you're coming from somebody who does not have any of these components, guess what? You're naturally going to start to create a calorie deficit because you're likely eating better eating less calories from processed foods, which are higher, you know, cause your calories to go up. So you're getting, you know, more volumes, you're feeling more satiated. It makes phase two so much easier and so much more effective because phase one is usually short-lived. You get that five to 10 pounds off and then phase two comes in. In fact, going into my very first weight loss journey before my anorexia, that's kind of how this happened for me is I had started a workout program and it came with a food list that had like, you know, tier one foods were your best foods and tier five foods were your worst foods. And it said to like, you know, balance your meals out. So that's what I was doing. And I started losing weight and then I hit a plateau and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I started realizing that my snacks, uh, I was like, so graham crackers were like a tier three food right in the middle. And my snacks were like a whole sleeve of graham crackers. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I can't just eat a whole sleeve of graham crackers and lose weight. I started dialing in food quality or food quantity. So next step is dialing things in. We're talking food journaling. Okay, food journaling is how we can build accountability and awareness. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Bless me. <laughs> um, okay, we build accountability and awareness. So you actually are now putting it in a diary to where you can see how much food you're eating. In fact, I go back to my own nutrition journey when I was 19 years old. Back then, we didn't have apps and smartphones. Um, there was a website called fitday.com and it had a nutrition database and you would go on the computer and you would type in your food and I kept an online food journal. I don't even know if it's still, but I would love to see what I was eating back then. I kind of remember, but I don't remember everything. 
Um, but that's accountability and awareness. So you're now building awareness around the nutrient nutrient contents of the food you're eating, and it's keeping you accountable to those things. So you're not doing any random grazing throughout the day. You're like, oh wow, I'm I'm I realize that I'm actually grabbing in the handful of nuts before I eat dinner, and I'm not logging or not thinking about that stuff. Now you're actually keeping yourself accountable to everything you're eating, and I think that the people the misconception is that by food journaling, now we have to like be restrictive. We don't, we actually have to change a thing. We just want to journal it so we can kind of learn how to adjust it. Okay. Portion accuracy. So obviously the eyeball method is great, but you know, two ounces of chicken might look like four ounces to somebody, but might look like one ounce to somebody else, you know? So we want to start to get accurate when, when the weight loss plateaus, now we want to really dial in things. And now we want to see, all right, Sometimes our eyeball is in tune, but most of the time our eyeball not so in tune. In fact, peanut butter for me, I don't think I'll ever be able to eyeball peanut butter. <laughs> I have to be really careful with peanut butter, but what I do is I'll under portion it. If I don't have a food scale, I'm like, I'm just going to be safe because I know I love my peanut butter. But yeah, the weighing and the measuring is now going to give you the accuracy that you need. So that ensures that calories are accounted for. And that all your hard work and effort isn't being wasted. It's it's assurance that you know that what you're eating is exactly what you weighed out. And there's no if, ands, or buts. It's exactly what you're going, what's going in your mouth. Then we're talking about looking at the food you're eating and the portions of it and balancing out your macronutrients. So if you've already done the legwork and this is already at all of your meals and snacks, now we're just adjusting the amounts. Now we're actually just saying, all right, you're deficient on protein, let's increase your protein a little bit. You're getting a little bit too much fat, let's lower back on the fat. And it allows you now to have complete control over your food and make simple changes. Because you've already done the legwork, you've built your diet the way that is sustainable and the food's already accounted for. Now we're just making tweaks to the amount of food you're eating. We're taking things away, we're adding things in, and, and that's pretty much the smooth sailing part of dialing in your macronutrients. And then the, the fourth part of phase two is energy balance. What is your goal? I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to gain 15 pounds. I really just want to maintain and live a healthier life. Okay. We first off have to make sure that you're eating enough food, that you should be eating enough calories and enough macronutrients to start we want to optimize this at base first. So most of you guys are familiar with the reverse diet. You want to make sure that you're eating enough calories so that when you go into a deficit, you're not living on poverty macros. I just made a, a, a Instagram reel about that. You know, if you've been under eating for too long, you know, because a lot of people, when they do focus on really changing their diet, they start to cut calories. Like for instance, if you're eating like a basic if your main main meals are like chicken breast, rice and potato and broccoli, you're probably eating 400 calorie meals, you know, four to 500 calorie meals. If you're eating two of those a day and then like a 300 calorie breakfast, that's a th 1300 calories factoring in your snacks. Now we can kind of see, okay, maybe they need to eat a little bit more, but we want to optimize at, at base first and then figure out, all right, we got to get you a new deficit to lose weight, maintenance, or surplus. Now, I'm only talking about the nutritional stuff here because when it comes to energy balance, I want you guys to understand that I am a lover of keeping you guys eating more and moving more. 
I love seeing my ladies walking right now. Okay. Because I love that. I would rather you guys be more active in your day and feed your body because activity is what our, our body was designed to move. And I think that we all, you feel so good after a walk right now, it's pretty effing hot outside. So normally I I'm sweating when I get done with the walk, but I mean, just, so I'm going over the nutrition part of it right now, but movement and other things do factor into this energy balance as well. So, but now we're going to put you into a deficit maintenance or surplus, wherever you want to be right now. I'm trying to put myself into a surplus. Very hard to do because I like to work out. <laughs> so, all right. So now we're in that phases of um, the goal specific. All right. So especially, especially as I've already kind of started talking about calorie deficit, we're talking about dropping calories. We're keeping protein the same. We're typically going to be dropping from carbs and fats or, or carbs or fats or a combination. Uh, I'll be honest, guys, when it comes to calorie deficit, and I'm going, I'm going more into the details, uh, it is always preferred to keep carbs and proteins higher uh, because carbs and proteins are a little bit more thermogenic, especially if you're eating the high fiber ones and fat is the least thermogenic and also not as satiating. So um, we do need some dietary fat, but it's easier to cut calories from fat than carbs. So for instance, if I take out 10 grams of fat, I cut out 90 calories. If I cut out 10 grams of carbs, I only cut out 40 calories. So you can see it's like half the amount of calories if I cut out carbs. So it's it definitely makes it bigger. And vice versa, 25 carbs is 100 calories. That's like a bowl of oatmeal, okay? 100 calories is also one tablespoon of oil. So like, I'd much rather sacrifice the oil and keep the, you know, the other food. So that's kind of like, just so you can kind of understand that a little bit. So calorie surplus, we're looking at building. So typically um, I will increase protein a little bit in this phase um, because I just think that if your goal, you should be around goal weight, body protein. So not a whole bunch more, um, just a little bit more, but mostly I push carbs up. And if the person does have a hard time getting the carbs up, then I push fats up. Why I do carbs more than fats is once again, carbohydrates are more thermogenic and your body's preferred energy energy source. So it's actually going to help you build muscle because it's going to increase your intensity in your workouts. Uh, if we're looking to optimize for performance or health, um, both of these are going to start with just like building your calorie intake. We want to build your metabolism. We want to make sure we're feeding you as much as possible while keeping body fat in check. And when it comes to optimizing health, this specific phase, if you are somebody that deals with things like thyroid conditions, um, gut issues, insulin stuff, um, hormone stuff, uh, there are some other factors that we're going to look at and be able to optimize in your diet. Sometimes there's food sensitivities, like I already mentioned, gluten-free, dairy-free, um, other things that we'll take a look at, uh, foods that might be maybe more um, pro-inflammatory that we want to you know, remove, other foods that are actually more anti-inflammatory that we want to add in. Uh, hormone balancing things like nuts and seeds. There's a ton of things that we can do to really optimize specific things. I get a lot of women period issues and, um, you know, hormonal stuff going through menopause, perimenopause, that kind of stuff as well. Um, we want to optimize all that stuff. So that's our goal specific phase. Okay. Phase four. Ooh, this shouldn't say goal specific. I forgot to change that. Okay. Final phase. All right. We've got some important stuff here. So before I get into there, recapping basics, we've mastered the basics. 
we've dialed things in, we're working on our goals. All right, we look in the mirror, it's December 31st, and we're going into the new year not having to start a diet, and we feel great. And everybody else is getting ready to sign up for LA Fitness or Planet Fitness or whatever it is, and gonna be in there for 30 days before they fizzle out, okay? But no, we're not going to the new year like that. We're, we're ready to go. Now we're gonna talk about the important part of all the things you've learned. You've mastered, you're eating well. The diet doesn't change no matter if you're tracking or not. Your diet's pretty consistent, okay? You've learned how to track. You've built awareness around the foods that you eat and the calories in them, the macronutrients of them. You've really learned how to be flexible with things, how to incorporate some fun stuff. Uh, you've worked on your goals. You've, you've managed hunger. You've, you've done all that stuff. And now it's like time for me to just feel like I've learned what I need to learn and, and be able to maintain and feel really good about that. So reverse dieting is a part of that. We want to make sure we're building calories back up. If you've been in a deficit or if you've been in a surplus for a long time and you're continuing to gain, we want to start to pull things back. Once you're at that goal weight, we don't want to keep going up, right? At some point we want to stop building. Um, and we want to be able to just maintain. So this is a really important part. We're looking at energy, hunger, cravings, your enjoyment of food. We want to make sure that you're feeling really good. And as we're doing this, we're also watching what's happening in your food choices. We don't want to get too deviant on part one, right? We want to kind of still keep this 80, 20. So we want to be adding in more potatoes and rice and, and whole grains. This is why I don't like cheat meals. And I don't like people thinking that they're going to save foods until after they achieve their goals. They should be incorporating them throughout the process so that they know where they fit into the plan. And, and you should be also, and also like with your high calorie days, if you're in, if you're doing so a lot of times I'll program some higher calorie days, it shouldn't always be just because you're going out to eat and you want to have shitty food. It should also be like learning how to eat more of the healthy stuff too. So we want to learn how to bring calories up, eating more food. I, I went from eating, you know, 14 to 1600 calories a day. Now I'm eating over 3000 calories a day. I didn't do that by adding in pizza and macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I increased the amount of healthy foods that I was eating. Okay. Intuitive eating. Okay. I do believe that intuitive eating, intuitive eating is bullshit, but there is something that I really love, intentional intuitive eating, okay? And a better understanding of intuitive eating, all right? So you've been eating with intent when you're tracking your food. You're working towards a goal. You're intentionally manipulating things to achieve a goal, all right? You're intentionally eating more food to reverse diet. Intuitively, throughout this whole process, you are building meals and snacks that you are looking forward to eating. That's intuition. I'm hungry. I'm craving something salty. Okay. I'm going to have a salty food that actually does this. That's intuitive eating. But what I also mean by this is intentional intuitive eating is knowing that we've developed so much awareness that when we're not tracking our food, we should still be able to balance our plate and it look pretty similar. Our food and our amounts of food should not change so dramatically in an intuitive eating phase. It should just be essentially like, I'm not being as precise. I'm actually just kind of eyeballing things and feeling pretty good about that. Your meals might have variants of about a hundred calories. That's okay. 
because you've reverse dieted and you're maintaining now, all right? Your foods should not change that much. In fact, somebody that I was talking to this week, she was on vacation and I was like, listen, your food, you shouldn't feel like you have to go back on track. Like it should just be like, maybe your food choices were a little bit different, but in, intuitively you should have been eating pretty much the same things. Okay. So we're moving away from precision. You shouldn't have to use a food scale for the rest of your life. You know, if you, I will say those tools are always there for you. You can always in, go, because I do recommend that throughout periods of our, of our lives, we pull them back out. When you walk away from using a food scale for a few months, the tablespoon of peanut butter does start to grow. <laughs> it does. I'm just making funny jokes because you can like, can you tell I love peanut butter? Um, but you want to be able to come back to that. Self-monitoring, okay? I cannot tell you how many people fear the scale. And by fearing the scale, you are literally shooting yourself in the foot, okay? If you are afraid of the scale, because you don't want to see the number up, you are literally out of sight, out of mind. I'm going to put off dealing with this problem because I don't feel comfortable dealing with this problem. And that's how weight regain happens. So I think that more importantly is understanding the purpose of the scale as a metric and accountability that like, hey, if the scale's climbing up, I probably should pull my tools back out get back into my fitness pal, get my food scale back out. And sure, I'm eating the right amount of food for myself. Somewhere along the way, things have kind of moved away from where I was at base. That's self-monitoring your habits to ensure that you're maintaining your results. You also want to think about feedback. If all of a sudden your energy is dipping and you are a notorious under eater, maybe you're not eating enough carbohydrates all of a sudden because you're not focusing on them. You know, I'll be honest, like if I didn't track my food, I know that I would not eat enough, not on purpose, but I just, I have to really think about it. You know, I have to really think about how much food I'm eating. So you, you want to pay attention to feedback as well. And then the final part I put on here is lifestyle integration, which honestly should not really be that difficult because this whole thing should be lifestyle focused. This should be fitting into your life, not like a snapshot away from it. But just knowing how to maintain throughout the different seasons, like you're on vacation and you spend a week and you're like not really focusing on things, you should be able to come back home and not feel like you have to crash diet to take the weight off. It should be like, oh, I was actually really moderate. You know, I, I enjoyed myself, but the weight wasn't up five pounds. Your weight shouldn't jump up five to seven pounds after a trip, you know, maybe two or three pounds. But if, you, if it's jumping up that much, it means that your food choices and decisions have likely been very different than what they are at home. And, you know, even if the foods are different, the amount of calories shouldn't really be that much different. Like you might be trading out rice and sweet potatoes for some tortilla chips and a couple of drinks, but the portion should still be because throughout this period, you've had those things. You should be like, eh, I know that I should probably only have about 10 chips because that's probably about 200 calories. Like you should be able to eyeball that stuff and feel confident, you know? So that's, that's it guys. If you guys want to know, th this is the steps that you guys have to understand that will allow you guys to maintain the results that you want for yourself for good. If you master all of these things going from part one to part two to part three, to part four, you never have to diet again.
And as I said, 10 to 20 minute commitment a day, because it does not take more than 10 to 20 minutes to balance out the accumulation over all of your, of your meals. If you're in phase one, it does not take more than 20 minutes a day for you to make sure that your meals are balanced and portions are in check. It doesn't take that much time. Once you've mastered that, you're not even thinking about that anymore. It won't take more than 10 to 20 minutes of your time to food journal and weigh your food out and make sure that your macros are in check. It does not change anything. And it will not take any extra time to simply make small adjustments to that. That's why I said, people don't realize it is literally a 10 to 20 minute time commitment for you guys to achieve your goals. You can say, well, what about meal prep? That takes time. What about food? Yeah, but even if you don't have the time, you don't have to. I can buy deli turkey and throw it on a salad if I really wanted to, right? There's no extra time commitment to mastering this stuff. There might be more time commitment involved in making the food, but you have to cook the food regardless of if you're working on your nutrition or not. You have to cook. You have to buy food. You have to get takeout. It's all, that's different. But mastering your nutrition does not take more than 10 to 20 minutes of your day. And that's, that's, that's my skill tonight, guys. Is that helpful? Help? Yeah, thanks, Cheryl. Questions, <clears throat> comments? Mind blown. <laughs> Nothing to say? Oh, no, I, I just want I pretty I pretty much agree with what you were saying that you have to figure out how to make it work while you're in it so that when you get to your goal, you know how to maintain. Absolutely. That's it. You know, like, I mean, I think about this because I was talking to a client of mine and she, she like talks about paleo and I, I mean, I ate strict paleo for so many years that my meals still look paleo, my main meals, but I've just added to them. You know, I've added carbs back in and dairy back in. Um, because I built that foundation of protein and veggies. So I don't even want to call it paleo, but I've got that built in my, in my head. Like a meal doesn't feel right. If that, if those two components aren't there at least twice a day, you know, like I don't do every meal like that because I eat so much, but you know, but my main lunch and dinner really right now, it's been breakfast and dinner. That's been protein and veggie based. And I have the carbs to kind of round it out because that's just what makes me know I'm getting my micronutrients in. And, and that's really what you guys have to understand. The, the hard part of it is knowing that, you know, in your fat loss phase, you're going to be a little bit hungry. You might have to not eat out as often. You might have to cut back on some of the fun foods, but get them back in. The fat loss phase is temporary. Everything else is, is the same. So, um, but does anybody have any questions about any of that stuff? Kim, I was wondering, if there was some sort of, um, is that sheet, the slide that you put up posted somewhere, if we wanted to refer to it. And then I also have another question about vegetables. Yep. <laughs> okay. I don't really like them <laughs> and I try to like them. And part of it is because they get old so fast and I live out in the woods and don't get to town very often. Um, so do you have a strategy to you buy, like, I just, I've given up trying to buy broccoli. It stinks up the little fridge. No one else eats it. Um, 
Yeah, I just wanted to hear okay. your thoughts about that. So, yep. So vegetables. We're gonna talk about vegetables. Um, <laughs> first things first. Yes, I'm gonna send out in your dashboard and trainerize. You'll all get a PDF of this when I send out the recording. So tomorrow or, or Friday, you'll get a ping from me in in trainerize. It says, "Hey, here's this week's live training along with the PDF." So I will try and send that out again. I, I whenever I make things like that, I always try and send them to you guys so you guys have those. Um, I just have to make that typo correction, uh, from phase four. Um, but let's talk about vegetables guys, because vegetables, okay. There are so many vegetables. All right. So Kim, can you tell me any vegetables that you do like, like, uh, as, as you go to a restaurant, there's a salad that you order or, uh, something yeah. you had somewhere. So give me some ideas as to vegetables well, that you like. Not that I dislike vegetables totally. It's just, I'm so used to eating them with hummus or salad dressing and nuts and you know, like if I make a salad, it's a good salad with all kinds of stuff on it. That's too much. And okay. so I don't really enjoy just eating a carrot <laughs> or. No. So you should be able to add. So I like, and I have a build your own salad bowl PDF that I will mm -hmm. send you. I love salads. You can add ingredients to salads. You just have to account for the calories in them. So I, I like to add lower fats, uh, less dense things to my vegetables because of that. Or you just have to realize like, okay, like I'm going to be having a meal that's a salad bowl. That's where everything is going to be at one. So instead of having the three components, you're putting it all in once. But some of my favorite go-to salads, like I like spring mix with goat cheese, some chicken breast maybe some roasted red pepper strips, some cucumber. But like, when you guys think about vegetables, don't just think about the vegetable. Think about the flavors that you can create. So using some of the low fat dressings, Kim, um, the Bolthouse Farms, Ranch, Caesar, they even make a goddess dressing that's really good. Uh, I like the Olive Garden Light Italian dressing. Those are all great ways to dress up your salads. But I like using a big salad for lunch. Like that's one of my go-tos um, and doing different ways. And I'll send you that PDF. It's in the guide drive from the, for the clients, but I'll send that to you. Even making like okay. an Asian salad where you can do like sh uh, shredded carrots and cucumbers um, and some kind of like uh, either romaine and Asian dressing, some, some water chestnuts, shrimp. <clears throat> you can make fun salads. Like that's a great way to add variety. And those vegetables do typically hold up pretty well in your refrigerator. Um, I like making taco salads. I'll saute peppers and onions and I'll mm. make almost like a chipotle at home. Romaine, yeah. some ground beef, some salsa, fat-free cheese, and some Bolthouse Ranch. That's a yogurt ranch dressing. Great way to like have a, an easy taco salad. And then when it comes to vegetables, like you're mentioning, like the broccoli, because I like those are really good for hormones. Broccoli cauliflower, asparagus, Brussels sprouts. I love roasting them. I think roasting them is underrated and you don't have to buy fresh because fresh does tend to go bad. Don't be afraid to buy frozen. So what I normally yeah, do, probably I what I should frozen, do, don't just throw them in the microwave, take them out, put them on a sheet pan and roast them, or even saute them. You don't even have to add oil to your pan. Just put them in a pan with a lid on and put it on high heat and they'll start to cook and the water will keep them from sticking. And then you can season them, add some teriyaki sauce, throw some shrimp in. It's all about adding vegetables to your plate in a way that makes it the meal complete rather than like 
just having this like sad plate of broccoli, like this, like, <laughs> like you know what I'm that's what like, I'll do because I don't want to deal with it. So I'll just no, like grab you, a handful of yeah, and broccoli just there, there, you know, <laughs> so but like, all, yeah, like <laughs> making pasta dishes where you're like, you use a spiralizer and, you know, add that to your pasta. It bulks up the volume um, and does helping increase that. So that's all going to help. I think I've seen it sold packaged that way, actually at the grocery store. Yeah, don't buy the buy I'll, be, I'll be honest. Don't buy the frozen spiralized zucchini. It's entirely too watery. Like okay. it, just, it just tastes like mush. The package <laughs> stuff in the fresh, fresh section is fine, but it's also super cheap. I'll just show you. They sell a handheld spiralizer. Um, it's like $10. And they have fancy ones too, but I have, I have a fancier one, but I'll be honest when I had this one, it's so much easier <clears throat> to clean and it works fine. I wouldn't, you can't mm. use it for like, yeah, you can't use it for like big vegetables, but it's literally so easy to spiralize. It's $10. Cool. Um, Where is that? It's at Walmart. But oh, you on it. Wally World. Okay. You can find it anywhere, but that you can do that. Um, they, like I said, they sell fancier ones, like electric ones and stuff. That one works mm -hmm. just fine for me. Um, there's just so many ways you guys have to just start to be inventive with things. Uh, like when, like when I first started my nutrition journey, like when I told you I was 19, the only way I ate vegetables was I would eat like iceberg lettuce with like tons of cheddar cheese and ranch and like cu cucumbers. Like that was my salad. <laughs> and my broccoli was like literally smothered in Velveeta cheese. That's how I grew up eating broccoli. And then when I'm like, oh, I have to start actually eating healthy. I was the, notorious for like buying the bags of like eat smart vegetables, the medley, the broccoli, cauliflower, carrots. And I was like just steaming it and then adding stir fry sauce to it or teriyaki sauce to it. And then I'm That's like, that's what I do. Yeah. I I'm like, this is, and, then I, and then I was like, this is getting kind of boring. So I'm like, what's next? I started to kind of work on different salads. I added in things like I had, I used to hate tomatoes. I'm like, Oh, let me add tomatoes. I'm like, I, I can eat these when you are literally in a calorie deficit and you're cutting out all that processed foods, food, fresh food starts to taste better. So I found that I was craving those fresh foods more. So okay. yeah, I would experiment. Let me just show you real quick what I have, um, in that guide folder, there's, well, there's also all of my recipes that I have in there for you guys do have a ton of vegetables in them. Like I always put vegetables in my meals, like the five ingredient meals and such, but there is something called the build your own salad. This. Okay. Um, I go over like just choosing different things, but I also give you really easy ways to make combinations and a lot of combination ideas. So you start with a base, you add a couple of vegetables, choosing your dressing, protein and adding a couple of toppings. Like you said, you like to add toppings. This gives you some ideas of things. And I've even put together like some fun, different ways to have salads, like a Southwest salad, a spring mix salad. This has like ham and goat cheese, um, a Greek salad, Thai style salad, Buffalo chicken salad, Cobb salad, like all fun, different ways to eat. Hell, I didn't realize how many salads I have on here. I even <laughs> gave a bunch of different, uh, of my dressing ideas and, and all that kinds of stuff for you too. So, okay. I think I just yeah. need some inspiration. So that'll help. Yeah. Take a look <laughs> at this. I'll, I'll make sure I send this to you in, in trainer eyes, just so you have that as well. Okay. And I'll, I'll be sending out this one as well. Does anybody else have any other questions like that? Vegetables is a, a good topic. 
I think that a good a good thing for you, Kim, is just to start to learn, make it a point for you to incorporate um, 150 grams of vegetables at lunch and dinner somehow, like oh. make that part of your priority, like 150 grams. Okay. Yep. One more question. I was throwing um, kidney beans and chickpeas and things. Are those counted as a vegetable, uh, the legumes? I no. do think I no. noticed my scale goes up after I eat a bunch of them one day. Um, so you may actually have a little bit of a, lept uh, a lectin sensitivity. So there's a lect there's lectins in, in beans. Um, mm -hmm. If you notice that, are you, you don't have Hashimoto's or anything, right? Not that I know of. Okay. No thyroid, thyroid's normal? No. Food yeah. usually, I don't, have never had any allergies. What about gut issues? Of. Do you have any gut issues? Not really, no. Okay. So you might, it might be nothing. It might just be. It's um, because, have such protein powder. Then yeah. I tend to not go to the bathroom. The other thing is, is that if your kidney beans and, and beans are in a can, it could just be the sodium might cause uh, a little bit of water if that's okay. what it is. Um, but I wouldn't stress about that though. If it goes right back down, it sounds like it's just maybe either a lectin sensitivity sensitivity. Yeah. Um, or it could be the the sodium. Stress about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. but no, those are not counted as a vegetable. Oh, they're, they're not. No, no. Oh. <laughs> I didn't realize that. No, your vegetables are, are like a carb then or what? Yeah, they're a carb. They're a carb. They're a carb with a little bit of protein in them. Okay. That's what they would count as. I thought I was getting my vegetables in with it. Nope. Okay. Good question. By the way, I'm so jealous of all your hiking stuff. I love following you. I like live through your Instagram or your Facebook. <laughs> come to Washington and then I'll yeah. take you on some cool hikes. So amazing. There's a lifetime of hiking here. Yeah. <laughs> Except Florida I is like, we do, we do, we do swamping. Well, That's you guys have coral there. reef and yeah, and alligators and stuff. Okay, I want to we'll, see that. We'll, we'll, we'll call what we do down here swamping because it's like swampland <laughs> hiking. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but guys, anybody else have any other questions? Andrea, anything? No, Amy, Shakia, y'all are good. All right, ladies. Well, fun chatting tonight. Um, as always, if you need anything, you know where to find me. Kim, I just sent you that um, guide. And as I, I will make sure that this guide gets sent out to you, I just have to make that that infographic that I put, I'll put it together. Let me just fix that last thing and I'll make sure I send that out with the uh, recording of this too. So, all right. Sorry, uh, I uh, I couldn't I couldn't find my phone actually. I wanted to answer you and I couldn't find my phone. Oh, that's okay. No worries. You doing okay? <laughs> Yeah, thank you. You know what? This is good. I really love making sure that you got a good solid basis for everything. That's part I think. So for sure. And it's honestly just a constant reminder, guys. Here's what I'm gonna leave you with is this. Whenever you question, am I doing the right thing? Is this going to work for me? Know that all of this stuff that I told you is how it works. Am I doing the is this going to work? This is what you need to know. There is no other plan. There is no, there's no special plan. All the crap out there, you can just throw it all away. Keto, low carb, fasting, Jenny Craig, whatever it is. Octavia, oh my God. Oh, I feel so bad for women that go on that. 
I have a friend that keeps doing Octavia and I I just know if I talk to her about it it'll turn into a argument yep. so I yep. don't and I feel terrible yeah for her and when you say she keeps doing Octavia that likely <laughs> means that she keeps regaining the same weight and doing it again and doing it again so yeah yeah if you were going to say anything like how many did you really think that that's here's the easy thing easy do you really think that's effective that you've had to keep going back to it her response is going to be like yeah but i got off track but you shouldn't really have to get off track just something yeah yeah so, but all right her thing is she she doesn't want to record her stuff in the diary you know yeah. the the fit but I'm glad I'm developing the habit because then you get fast at it and you get used to it yeah. and it just becomes part of life. It's easy. It's, and it's not forever. It's a, you know, it's, it's a tool. And it's like, once you get used to it, it's easy. I've been tracking my food for consistently for since, since 2015. And I had days and stuff off or whatever, but like for the most part, that's what I do. And it's become just part of my routine and it's like not that big of a deal. So how come you don't quit tracking? Like you obviously are accomplished with nutrition and you exercise uh, like crazy. So do you ever, uh, why do you choose to keep recording everything? Cause it's like, like you said, it becomes part of my day. It doesn't bother mm -hmm. me. I actually, yeah. I actually enjoy tracking. So why would I stop it if I don't, if, if I like doing it, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Like yeah. I, I record my workouts. Why do I record my workouts? If I don't have a goal, I just, oh. I like to have data. I, I just, yeah. you know, I mean, I just, for me, it doesn't bother me. It's, it's part of my day and my routine, just like anything else that I do. If I didn't track, I'm not going to die. Yeah. Like my fitness pal is crashing me a few times recently. And it's been frustrating. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm pretty much eating the same thing. It's not a big deal, but no, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. So I would like to not track that every time I stop, I start overeating or don't realize how much I've been snacking and I, my weight will slowly creep back up. Once again, so. mastering the first part is like the, the basic meal structure when you're tracking or not, it should stay pretty much the same. That's, yeah. the, that's the key. And that's like with me, like if I didn't track, my food would pretty much be the same, you know? So, but, uh, but yeah, honestly, it really keeps me in check. Um, I, I feel like it gave me my life back in a lot of ways with nutrition because I was afraid to eat too much and I would under eat. Oh. So this actually does help me eat enough. Funny how perspective is, right? You yeah. not eat too much. I eat it because I'm afraid I won't <laughs> eat enough. So, Mine is because I don't want to record the five pound bag of M&Ms. Yep. Yeah. I remember, like, in my, but I, I remember my binge days when I did not record that. And next time, like, I wonder how many calories I ate. And I would go in there and put it like, oh my God. Whew, yeah. It was a rough day. So. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. All <laughs> thanks, right, guys. Girl. I'll, see I'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.